Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, August 7th edition. I am joined by Titan FC's Showdown Joe, as seen on UFC Fight Pass. Joe, how was it Friday? It was, it was actually fantastic, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you guys, how's everyone doing? Uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in. Thank you to everybody for the kind words. Uh, a great event. Some crazy finishes. Uh, crazy results, especially in the main event. Um, you know, Freddie Essensala taking out. Jay-Z Cavalcanti in that manner, choking him out unconscious. Uh, and the fact that Kamara Usman and I were kind of like, we were staring. We're like, we're kind of, we, you can't whisper when you're on there, Sean. You know what it's like doing it, but you're kind of like, you can't whisper. Is he out? Is he out? And we're like, oh my God, he's out. He's out. Kind of crazy. I saw Jay-Z afterwards at the hotel. Spirits are always up. Jay-Z is always like that. Uh, props to Shorty Torres, man. Holy smokes. Uh, did he do a fantastic job winning that interim flyweight title, man. That guy is something else. I thought, you know, because Abdiel Velasquez is a bad, bad man at 125, especially considering he did what he did with um, Alexis Villa. But holy smokes, man, Shorty Torres is a bad kid, man. One of the nicest guys you're going to meet, but holy smokes, was he fantastic. And, of course, the heavyweights were just insane. So good time. Uh, September 9th is the next show, and I can't wait to get down to Miami. Alexis Villa still doing it at 45 years old. Crazy. Just absolutely crazy. And, dude, honestly, Sean, that guy there might be the coolest guy walking the face of the earth. I mean, he just reeks of coolness. I mean, if there was ever a modern-day, you know, Fonzarelli, that's him. He's just a bad dude. I wish that he could have been in the game earlier, that, that guy. If he could have been in the game earlier. By the way, guys, I know you noticed the shirt. I said that I was going to wear obnoxiously American clothing during the Olympics. Let me get you all a gander at this. There are wolves on this. <laughs> I support my country. Meanwhile, Joe's over here shilling Titan FC on his shirt. Ugh. Ugh. I support my country, which beat your country at rowing yesterday. I know that much. Um, oh, that was yeah, that Titan been an FC. amazing event to watch. It was, actually. I enjoyed it. Yeah, by the way, guys, Titan FC up on demand on UFC Fight Pass. Highly recommend it. Also, hey... Joe's not the only one doing color commentary. Your boy, 
Sean Ross Sapp is doing color commentary for Absolute Action MMA August 27th. If you're in the Northern Kentucky area, stop by, say hi to me. It'll be fun. Joe, Conor McGregor makes headlines. Shocker. And, and the biggest headline of all, it's not when he said everybody's on steroids. It's not when he said Rafael Dos Anjos pussied out. It's not when he said any number of things. Not when he predicted that Nate Diaz was going to knock out uh, or he was going to knock out Nate Diaz in under two rounds. He said, I need to pull up the quote. I need to pull up the quote. Uh, just, just to be, you know, that way I don't take anything out of context. He was asked about his tie-ins, possible tie-ins with uh, WWE guys. And he says, you know, I haven't really thought about it. Those WWE guys are pussies, to be honest. They're messed up pussies, if you ask me. I mean, Brock, at the end of the day, was juiced up to the effing eyeballs. So how can I respect that? The other guy hasn't fought yet, referring to CM Punk. So I don't know about him. There are some Dons in the wrestling game. The McMahons are Dons. Triple H is a Don. The wrestlers are pussies, man. That's a little more show business. This is the fight business. Now, I'll say this. We have a lot of people that are, that are saying that, that aren't in the know and things like that saying, oh, this is a work. This is a work. I'm sure you're familiar with the term, Joe, pro wrestling term. Joe? I got you. I got you. You're, you're cutting it. No, it's, it's definitely my internet. We're having some weather issues out here. I got the last part of the quote calling everybody Dons. Did you follow up with someone like that? Yes, yes. He said it's a little more show business. This is the fight business. You're familiar with the term a work, right? Like in pro wrestling, like Absolutely. pro wrestling. Okay. There are a lot of people, a lot of fans that are like, oh, this is an absolute work. I can say this is on a media call. The UFC does not prompt us to ask these questions. That was a natural question because Conor McGregor has been linked to the WWE. He answered it in the best possible way in which Conor McGregor could have answered it, Joe, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Conor gets it. I mean, you and I off air were talking about how, you know, he, I, I called him Chael Sonnen part two. I mean, he gets it. And I get that, you know, all these WWE wrestlers came out there and started ripping him on Twitter and stuff like that. Totally get it. Um, I, I don't know the full context of where Connor was going with that statement, but we can sort of guess that, you know, he's calling them, you know, female genitalia for a specific reason, meaning he can probably smash all those guys, no matter what size or, or whatever. And realistically speaking, he probably could, if it was mixed martial arts, uh, I'll take him pretty much over anybody on that WWE roster regarding doesn't matter size or not. Now, anything else, I mean, we can talk about street fighting all you want and blah, blah, blah. That's a different story. And, you know, can Connor be a better you know, sports entertainer or wrestler than any one of those guys? Hell no. That's what they do for a living. Mixed martial arts is what Conor McGregor does for a living. So it's no different than that whole, when Conor McGregor and that whole Floyd Mayweather thing was going on. The reality is Floyd Mayweather has been boxing forever. Conor McGregor has not been boxing forever. He's been doing MMA or martial arts for a very long time since he was a child. So, you know, you got to look at things in context. And in terms of Conor McGregor being someone that could go over to WWE later on, uh, and his career, I don't see why not. He's already planted that seed, and this thing's going to continue to grow for a very long time. You'll notice the two people he did not insult, the McMahon family and Triple H, the people who would be signing his checks if he were to go to WWE. Um, this opened up just a Pandora's box of just so many different things. This, in my opinion, best possible way for 
Conor McGregor to do it. So many high-profile wrestlers in the WWE commented on this, and, and we'll get to that. But I – and I haven't confirmed this. This is me speculating. I think WWE sent out a memo and said, guys, talk about this, as they should have. Uh, these WWE guys did like a very old-school move and protected their image, saying, if you want to try it, go ahead and try it, because they know it's not going to happen. You had – now, there are some things I think was ridiculous. Uh, this wasn't one of them. Conor McGregor said – he followed up. He said, I didn't mean no disrespect to WWE fans. What I meant to say was that I'd slap the head off your entire roster and twice on Sundays. Roman Reigns, who is one of the top guys in WWE, said, you're the size of my leg. Shut up. Now, I've not had this conversation with you, Joe, but it's – it's a big conversation I have with with our Thursday co-host, Vince Russo. And he's not that hip to MMA. And when a smaller guy beats up a bigger guy on WWE TV, he sees that as unbelievable. I don't because I've seen it a million times in MMA. From the days of Hoist Gracie when there wasn't a lot of technique all the way up to you know fairly recently when a guy like um, Christian Mpumbu, who has fought at 185, beats the brakes off of Stefan Struve in a matter of like a minute and a half. Like you see it there. It's not, it, I feel like weight classes were instituted more than anything to get the sport regulated. Uh, not to say that a bigger fighter can't beat a smaller fighter, but we're talking about a world champion, a, not just some guy, this is a world champion. And most of these pro wrestlers are not trained. With, with a few exceptions. Alberto Del Rio, who got his head kicked off by Krokop and Pride. You have uh, Brock Lesnar. You have in, in NXT, uh, Selmani, who competed in Bellator. You do have guys like Chad Gable, who competed in the Olympics as a wrestler. You have Dolph Ziggler, who was a great collegiate wrestler. It's a different kind of thing, Joe. If I've seen it, I know you've seen it. With regularity, I have seen bodybuilders, weightlifters, football players that are 250 to 300 pounds come in and get choked out by 145-pound teenagers with no problem. This opens up a lot of of debate between wrestling fans and MMA fans, Joe. Uh, What do you make of this whole situation and the pro wrestlers kind of protecting themselves? I think it's great that they're doing it. I mean – protect your brand, protect your sport. I think it's, it's, you know, if that was you or I, we'd be doing the same thing. Uh, nothing really is ever going to come of it. I mean, what are they going to do? You, you really think that, well, they probably would, but do you really think they would want to have, you know, get into a tussle with Conor McGregor? I, I wouldn't recommend that. doesn't matter what you do for a living. I mean, you know, I, I used to have this conversation with, with Chuck Liddell, not Chuck Liddell, excuse me, um, Tito Ortiz back in the day. And, you know, and, and anytime we would be anywhere and somebody would kind of challenge, Frank Trigg is another example that anybody would challenge one of those two guys. I would shake my head. I'm like, what do you do for a living, buddy? Oh, you're a bricklayer. You're a carpenter. You're a, you're an accountant. You're, you know, whatever. Okay. That's what you do. Now, if one of the, if, one of, if a mixed martial artist came to you and said, you know what? I own a calculator. I can do taxes better than you. You know what? I've done manual labor before. I can do a house. I can put up a house in two minutes. I can, I can, you know, put up a house where frame it or put up bricks faster than you. No, you can't. That's not what you do for a living. So when you talk about a world-class mixed martial artist like Conor McGregor, a world champion, um, and, and guys that do a different sport, whether it's sports entertainment or not, that are physically fit and can definitely have can take punishment because their bodies are conditioned to do so, 
it's a different beast altogether. I mean, people and fans and stuff like that, they've got to take their either their MMA glasses off and or their WWE glasses off or whatever glasses you want to take off and, and understand the reality here. You know, Conor McGregor is a smart guy and he's doing what he has to do. But in terms of the wrestlers defending it, hell yeah, do the right thing. Now, the, the real question is, it doesn't matter what all these wrestlers have said. Where's the Iron Sheik in all of this? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and the Iron Sheik is a guy who in his day could have at least laid claim. He had a pretty decorated uh, amateur wrestling background, so there's that. And there are absolute uh, Jack Swagger, another guy who was a fantastic amateur wrestler. If he left WWE right now, Bellator would be signing him tomorrow because of his wrestling background. There, there are a lot of guys like that. But I, I can't put – when I say that football players and things like that, we've had pro wrestlers come into our gym too, and they get choked out by the, the teenage 145-pounders. Keep in mind, you know, I think it's bad when they, they – like AJ Styles. I'm going to bring up some of these comments that people made. And some of them kind of – they kind of bothered me, and I love pro wrestling. It's one of my favorite things in the world, one of my favorite things in the world to do, to watch, to cover – uh, there is no doubting the toughness of these guys, the, the things that they put their bodies through, the athleticism that, that you know it creates. But we saw Dave Batista get in the cage, and he went about it the right way. He went on the regional circuit and fought a complete, absolute donkey, and he didn't do too hot. He won the fight, but he didn't do too hot. Um, Randy Couture's first fight ever, uh, UFC, oh, when was it, 13, maybe? I can't remember when it was, but he faced Tony Holm, who fought, who wrestled in the WWE as Ludwig Borga, and people thought was a legit badass. Oh no, Randy Couture gave him the business, and it wasn't, it was not even a conversation. Uh, we saw Sean O'Hare get into MMA, got the brakes beat off of him. Um, a, a lot of stuff like that, but I'm going to pull up some of these these quotes from from some of the wrestlers and. Some of them were, were kind of funny, like Chris Jericho said, sorry, pal, no disrespect to you, but my fights are legit, unlike the fixed ones you have in UFC. So he had some fun with it. Now, the comparisons, Joe, between Conor McGregor have always been with Ric Flair. Ric Flair did not mince words. He said, coming from a guy who built a career copying my persona, I expected the type of class we get from Ronda or Anderson. After Diaz finishes you again, I dare you to try guys like Dolph, Brock, or Fit Finley. You're welcome for the gimmick. There's a lot to dissect about that. We'll start with saying that he should have class like Ronda Rousey and Anderson Silva. And we're going to bypass that real quick. Because as, some, as many people have mentioned about that Ronda Rousey commercial about her beating up one of her haters over a pool table, that's not out of the realm of possibility. That's something that could happen in real life. Uh, Anderson Silva used to chase people in the cage when he got bored doing this and punching at their knees. So there's that. Fit Finley, who Ric Flair brought up, is damn near 60, so we're not even going to address that either. Brock Lesnar, sure. Dolph Ziggler, I don't know. What do you make about Ric Flair saying you're, you're welcome for the gimmick? Well, I mean, I've got to be very careful talking about Ric Flair. He is the greatest of all time. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. And I'm talking way back when he won the NWA title against Harley Race in the cage. I mean, that's the Ric Flair that got me into the sport of professional wrestling back in the day. Um, the greatest move ever in professional wrestling 
was the eye poke. I mean, that, that's, that's it. That's, that was it. And then he would finish people off after that. I mean, he's, he's just unbelievable. But taking that gimmick, I mean, let's, let's look at what Chael Sonnen has done in the past and with superstar Billy Graham and, you know, Ric Flair doing his stuff. I mean, this is, this is exactly what the sport of mixed martial arts needed. Not exactly, but guys that take that gimmick and, and run with it. I mean, that's fantastic. So he does have a point there. But again, he is going there and he's defending his sport. And I totally get it. And I totally understand it. And, you know, we got to do a bit of the math here. So there's a, there's a pay-per-view coming up with Conor McGregor against Nate Diaz. This is getting major, major hype outside of our mixed martial arts bubble. It's, it's exiting now the WWE fans. So all these WWE fans that now either love or hate Conor McGregor are probably going to tune in to either watch him smash Nate Diaz or watch and hope that Nate Diaz smashes him again. Uh, and then they can go on ripping him. And then you got to look at, okay, what's, what's next for the WWE? What's the next big show? Are they the setting something up night. for – what's that? The next night. Yeah. So, so you see where I'm going with this? There's yeah. that. Uh, and there's, there's plenty of lead-up uh, for whatever fall pay-per-view they want to get going or, you know what, they can keep this going until next WrestleMania. There's going to be something there. I mean, if Conor McGregor was to show up at a WWE pay-per-view, even a Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, that would make headlines. People would go ballistic. And even whether it's real heat, whether it's a gimmick, whether it's not, people would go absolutely ballistic. The internet would blow up. I mean, the internet might crash if that happens. I mean, that'd be fantastic. Conor McGregor knows what he's doing. He knows how to get heat. If WWE fans like kind of like you, they're not probably not going to buy your, your pay-per-view. They're probably not going to – if WWE fans kind of like you, they might not talk about you that much. If they hate you, oh, they're going to talk about you. And Conor McGregor knows that. Uh, breaking news, the Iron Sheik commented. Oh, boy. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you all about language right now. The I'm Conor McGregor. I want to see it. The Conor McGregor, you lucky I don't see you. Break your fucking neck. You never respect my sport, jabroni. That's what the Iron Sheik said. Were you, are you satisfied? What's that shot? I was typing it in, and I just want to see one thing. Is it like right up there? I yeah. gotta see it. Sorry, somebody tags us. Me lo- no, Air, there Air Conor McGregor, you lucky? I don't see you break your neck. You never. <laughs> Thank you to Eric Van Summeren Senior, one of our faithful viewers, for sending us that. He didn't disappoint. He didn't disappoint. It's just it, it's the greatest. I mean, he is oh. unbelievable. I'm going to elaborate in a couple of more of these because I, I got to debunk some of this stuff because most – I'm fortunate most of my Twitter followers who don't really know about MMA and the connections, if I tell them and I kind of let them know, they're, they usually, they're sometimes more accepting of it once they're, they're told because it's just – it's a different beast. It really is. Uh, AJ Styles, who is about 205 pounds, and in pro wrestling, that's very small. That he's made a career being a smaller guy. He says, I think McGregor would do well in the featherweight division if WWE had one. I don't like when they're saying this, him and Roman Reigns. WWE is instituting what they call a cruiserweight division, which is 205 pounds and under. I think it's bad to kind of shit on people of that size when you're trying to get over a division of people that size. Not, not good business, in my opinion. Bubba Ray Dudley says, 
I would pay good money to see Kurt Angle stretch the piss out of Conor McGregor and make him tap. I hate to inform Bubba Ray Dudley, but this ain't 1996 anymore. Kurt Angle is in his late 40s, Joe. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you think that plays out? A Kurt Angle who broke his neck 20 years ago at the Summer Games, mind you. Yeah, maybe years ago, 10 years ago, I could see that happening. But right now, I mean, Kurt Angle is still a bad human being. I mean, yeah. busted up neck and whatnot. But, you know, that's a different story. But the reality is is I, I, I don't see anyone on that roster uh, other than, you know, even Brock Lesnar. But I'm sure Conor McGregor could kind of play with Brock Lesnar for a bit. Uh, just, you know, speed kills. But, you know, the, the other reality is this. I mean, from, from Lesnar to Roman Reigns to whomever, where those bad boys land a punch? That could hurt. I could hurt Conor McGregor. Now, at the same time, sure. good luck with that. But, you know, it's all, it's all fictional. I think this is a, a business move. Um, are you sure? Maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe it's not a business move because it was a question that was asked. And, you know, Conor's going to go off and say certain things. But I, I think it's a smart move by Conor McGregor. I think it's great in the WWE and the wrestlers. I'm, I'm, I know you're saying it's, it's speculation that a memo may have gone out. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. It, you know, it just generates heat. But from a WWE perspective, for them to, to want to – recognize this and actually put comment towards it in terms of all their wrestlers and stuff like that, there could be something brewing here, whether now, whether in the immediate future, whether something for the fall or something brewing now for WrestleMania, something is going on here for them to reply. Naturally, you tell me, cause you know much more about the WWE and professional wrestling and sports entertainment than I do. Wouldn't they usually just kind of like not even talk about this? Like whatever, dude. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's why I am speculating I assume that a memo went out. I've not been told that by anybody, but it's hard to get this many wrestlers to do anything, let alone to tweet about one thing. Um, There's the term in pro wrestling, don't work yourself into a shoot, as in don't get yourself, don't start playing with a situation in which you have to really get out of. I think that Conor McGregor shot himself into a work. He said something that he really believed and it's something now that he realizes, hey, I'm going to be able to make some money off of this. 100%. And maybe some other people 100%. are going to be. 100%. Yeah. I think he realizes it. He understands the connection. The day of WrestleMania, there were rumors he was there. And he said, I'm not backstage at WrestleMania. And then he waited like three minutes until all the buzz was going on. And he said, or am I? Because he realized the crossover there. He realized it. I'll never forget Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. She got one of the biggest pops of the night. Just, just the camera tilting over to her. I mean, that's that's a big thing. People still want, even though Ronda Rousey's lost, people still want to see her beat up Stephanie McMahon. There is a crossover that we base our website on the fact that there is crossover there. So uh, it's just you know, I think that a lot of people, and it's hard to work wrestling fans these days. Wrestling fans are smarter than they have ever been, by and large, and it's hard to get them to believe something. I think that Conor McGregor said something he really thought, and now there is a situation going on, and people really believe that there is this dislike there and this hatred there, and maybe there is to a degree, but I think I think it's great. It has people talking. That's what Conor McGregor does. He has people talking, Joe. Well, that's the whole point. That's the whole I guess it's not even a gimmick. That's the whole name of the game And when you get to this kind of sport. I mean, I, I can't even tell you, Sean, how many guys uh, and girls that I've had the conversation with um, as they were coming up in the sport. Um, when was Oh, Battlegrounds. 
uh, Chael Sonnen and myself and Jim Ross. Um, what we did for Battleground is, is something I'm, I'm trying to instill um, in other organizations that I'm kind of working with. We, used to, we, we interviewed every single fighter that was on that card. So in essence, there was a round table. Um, uh, Jim Ross was across from me. So at 12 o'clock, Jim Ross. And then to my right was Chael Sonnen. And in between Chael and Jim Ross is where the fighters would come in and sit down. And we would just ask questions. I was more MMA related. And Jim Ross would sit there and take notes on the fighter. And, and Chael would do his thing. And then Jim Ross would basically you know, have just this, these wonderful, wonderful tidbits of advice and pieces of advice for these guys and explaining to them specifically, you know, you want to make some money in this sport. You're not going to make it just fighting. You're not, you're going to make money and you start making some noise. And he would go on there and, and, you know, Jim Ross with that, that Southern drawl and stuff, I don't know if it's a Southern drawl, but the whole Oklahoma accent and stuff like that and the way he talks. And it's just had me mesmerized and the greatest quote ever. And, and Chael kicked me under the table because we're, we didn't know if we should laugh or if it was the greatest thing ever. And he's just, he was talking to the one kid and he kept saying, you know, he goes, you like your Whopper? He goes, you like eating a Whopper? The guy's like, yeah, yeah, I love Whopper. Well, and they started talking about making some noise and, and this is how you get paid. People, you get, whether they like you or they don't like you, they're going to be talking about you. He goes, if they're doing that, that's what puts cheese on your Whopper. I'll never forget when I was, I was managing one of our amateur fighters and he said, how do you think I could make the most money in the quickest amount of time as a pro? And I was like, well, first you have to win your fights by and large. But I was like, you either got to make people love you or make people hate you. And he looked at me and he said, I think it'll be a lot easier if I make people hate me. And I was like, well, you get it. And right after his win, he had a beautiful toehold submit, a standing toehold submission victory. And you couldn't like flip a bird or anything like that. He threw the old suck it sign at the whole crowd that was opposing him the whole time. And he was made there as an amateur for the rest. And then, you know, he's, he's got his pro offers coming in now. So, I mean, he, it took one little thing. It takes one thing. And Conor McGregor is set as far as pro wrestling goes. Now, one more thing I'd like to address. A lot of people are like, oh, what's it matter? He got choked out in his last fight. Uh, guys, nobody goes undefeated in MMA, unless you're maybe John Jones. It happens. And, um, Maybe saying, well, you don't matter because you got choked out by Nate Diaz in your last fight. That doesn't really work because Nate Diaz has lost like 10 times. So it's kind of a bad, a bad uh, comparison. And Connor went up two weight classes. <laughs> two weight classes. He was having two breakfasts the day of weigh-ins, which apparently isn't happening now. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, a programming note for our post-UFC 202 show. It's going to be a whopper of a show because uh, NXT TakeOver is that night as well. So uh, there won't be a show right after NXT TakeOver. It'll be right after UFC 202, myself and Joe. And then by popular demand, our good friend Alex Palowski will replace Joe to talk to pro wrestling. Our good friend, The A-Train. Because, Joe, I'm sure you're going to do it just like I do it. You're going to have two screens right next to each other, wrestling, MMA, I could just imagine. Well, you are right. I am going to have two screens. One's going to be the TV watching the pay-per-view. The other one's going to be my, my laptop tweeting with the fans. So you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have five screens in here at any given time. My fight team came over and watched the show with me, uh, the last pay-per-view, and they said it looked like Zordon was about to pop out in here from Power Rangers and like <laughs> <That's awesome>. instructions <laughs> because of all the screens. Um, more programming note, guys. Uh, 
I let you all know that some of our podcasts are members only. They will be going up maybe four to seven days after on YouTube for uh, people who can't sign in, anything like that. But if you want to get those exclusively early, Fightful.com is the place to be. Go there and register. I know it's been having a little bit of trouble with some people, but a lot of that's been human error because we get the bounce back and we see that like fields aren't filled in and emails aren't filled in. Uh, but yeah, Fightful.com. Go there, register. you get early access to all of our podcasts, all the great stuff from Showdown Joe, all the great stuff from Vince Russo. He writes for us three times a week, Vince Russo does. Joe does a couple times a week. we got Brandon Howard doing financial analysis. We have our Wikipedia, True or False, which will go up exclusively early for our members. This week, a very special guest, one Chael P. Sonnen. We figured out some true or falses on his Wikipedia page, Joe. Some fun stories there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chael Sonnen <laughs> is something else, man. I, I'm going to have to take a look at that before you guys actually go to air with that, but... Uh, yeah, Chael is something else. And and did he did he you know, I, I don't want to ask too many questions because I don't want I don't even want to know. I just want to see and read and hear whatever you did with him. But I'm sure he dropped some stuff there where you were kind of like, I better record this and make sure that this is saved 15 times over. Oh of course, of course. Got a lot of news coming from Chael Sonnen over the next week, so stay tuned for that. Also, I have another major Wikipedia true or false guest coming in the very near future as well. Uh, so lots of stuff up there. Of course, support the show at draftbeast.com. I love draftbeast.com, you guys. You guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply got to go there. They have these awesome games. Uh, the Goon games are some of my favorites where you have to pick the most penalized players for the day. I know one thing. If it's football season, I'm getting Vontez perfect on my team every week, even if he's not playing, because I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility that he would run on the field while suspended and cause some anarchy. Lots of good stuff there. Joe, we had UFC Salt Lake City last night. What did you think of this main event? I want, I want your, your perspective because Kenny Florian was called a fuddy-duddy by some. He wasn't happy with all those flips and spins and somersaults and twists and all that from Yair Rodriguez and Alex Caceres. What did you think? That they were fantastic. Why not? Yeah. Let the he dudes said, just fight. Guys can fight and, and fight whatever way they want. Uh, I know Yair basically got fatigued. Because uh, obviously, you're, those types of kicks are very explosive, and whenever you do anything explosive, your body does need to recover. Um, it's 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 plyometrics when you think about it. It's it's just aggressive plyometrics, and you can only do plyometrics for so long before you do need recovery. This is a guy in a main event uh, facing off another guy trained to knock his head off, and he's throwing these things, landing some of them, and just going nuts. So eventually, uh, in a 25 minute fight, uh, if anyone's ever done any sort of sparring. Man, you get tired. You start throwing those combinations, 
you know, I'm not saying I was a lazy guy when I used to spar, but yeah, I could serve my energy and, and explode when I had to, or, you know, try and work a combination in there. I would never do that kind of stuff nonstop over and over again. So I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, he did, he did a great job. Now, Kenny Florian's entitled to his opinion. I mean, Kenny's a great guy. He knows his stuff. Um, doesn't, doesn't mean he's going to agree with everything that he sees, but I think it was a great job by Eric Rodriguez and, and, you know, Caceres did what he had to do to try and win that fight back. Um, I think if anything, we should take, take stock or have a little conversation with some of the judging, uh, in that fight there. But, you know, I, I had oh, yeah. winning that fight. I, I don't know how that one judge scored remotely scored at 49, 46 for, for Caceres. I, uh, what you were watching, dude, but whatever. I was shocked. It's funny. I have a bit of a pro wrestling tie in here. There was a match in Japan between two guys named Ricochet and Will Osprey. They're very acrobatic, and you've seen the acrobatic wrestling and things like that, Joe. A lot of the old timers, including our own uh, Vince Russo, were saying that wasn't believable. Meanwhile, I see Alex Caceres and Yahir Rodriguez in a real fight doing things that I just couldn't believe. And I could have watched these guys fight for 10 rounds. Like every time, like Yaya Rodriguez threw like, what, 27 spinning wheel kicks, and you would see Alex Caceres just move his head. And it, his giant afro makes it even more impressive somehow because you just see this. It was, it was magnificent. It was – this fight was exactly what we thought this fight was going to be, Joe. Exactly. And, and the, the whole thing that, that we were talking about leading up to this event and in a lot of the other, you know, websites out there and, and fans and just social media were like, you know, this is what this main event sucks. It shouldn't be the main event. And, and you know, we were kind of like, just think about it for a second, what we're going to potentially see. And arguably, it was the best fight on that card. Two you know, video it, game it, characters fighting. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, yeah, maybe the names aren't there, but hopefully, you know, you know, a lot of the Americans and Canadians and we'll just say Anglophones for now know who Yaya Rodriguez is right now. And if you don't, fine, that's whatever. I mean, the guy's huge in the in the Latino market and or the Latin market, excuse me. And you know, he's gonna continue to build uh what is he, nine and one right now? I mean, the the guy is fantastic. So uh it'll take some time for him now to start moving up at featherweight and, and getting some real competition. I don't know if he could do that kind of stuff to the upper echelon, top five guys in that division. But who knows? With more, excuse me, octagon experience, the kid's only going to get better. Yeah, I think you got to give him a, a top 15 guy. Um, he, he's got to have that now. I think this was a big launching pad for him. We'll see how the ratings do. I don't have high hopes for that. But this fight was what I hoped it was. And, you know, if they would have put something, a bigger bigger pay-per-view, or big, not a bigger pay-per-view, a bigger main event on, sure, it wouldn't have hurt, but because these guys could have done the same thing in a co-main event capacity. But And, and maybe, I, I, which I, I, I'm terrified to know how the scoring would have been if those last two rounds wouldn't have been there because I know it was knotted up on two scorecards going into the last round, which is weird. Uh, also, Dennis Bermudez against Hani Jason. Dennis Bermudez, very underrated. I think he is, let's see, 9-1 and one since like 2012 against opponents who make weight because Jeremy Stevens did not make weight. Honey Jason, meanwhile, post-USADA, I thought that from, from the opening gate, from, from or right out of the gate rather, I thought Dennis Bermudez looked really good. Like his hand speed looked really good. His, his footwork looked really good. Faded a little bit at the end. But this is now four out of his last five fights that technically 
Ani Jason hasn't won because that that fight against Damon Jackson got overturned. What do you see in the future for for Honey Jason? He's thirty two. That is the age where it starts going downhill anyway. And Usada may have derailed the guy. Yeah, it's going to be a tough go now for for Honey Jason. I mean, if you start taking a look at you know, like you said, his last five fights, he's he's basically four and one, or one and four uh, on those fights. There, I mean, this guy is basically going to be relegated to Brazil cards at best. You know, at best, because he's probably going to sell tickets. He's got a good name there. I think he won the Ultimate Fighter, if I'm not mistaken, down in Brazil. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's going to probably be relegated down there if the UFC doesn't end up cutting him altogether. Uh, still a great fighter, just can't beat, you know, guys up in that upper echelon. Um, funny thing about this card, uh, for those that, that do follow me on social media, you, you know that, you know, I was in Florida or in Miami doing color commentating for – sorry, doing play-by-play for Titan. That event ends at 12 o'clock or 12.30 – uh, I get to my hotel. Um, I'm in the lobby by 3.30 a.m. to get to the airport for my 6.30 flight, come home, um, and take my son to the soccer game. If you saw the pictures on social media. So when I came home, you know, I was, I was hoping all these fights were, were ending very, very quickly. And, of course, Sean, you know the deal. No, they don't. <laughs> They're all going five minutes or more. Uh, so I'm trying to catch up, trying to catch up, trying to catch up. I end up passing out uh, in the Santiago Ponzinibbio and, and Zach Cummings fight. Said okay, well, you know, I, I, we're not doing the podcast tonight. I'm, I'm going to buy some time. I'll, I'll pass out now and, and and wake up this morning and watch the rest of the fights before, you know, Mr. Sean Ross Sapp gets a hold of me and says, "Hey, we got to do the podcast now." And and thankfully, you you kind of said, you know, not yet, not yet, not yet. So I ended up watching these fights with my five and a half year old. Okay, oh, so gosh. yeah, and I don't know if it's bad parenting one on one. Only those that know me or, or that are close to my inner circle understand that my son. The only thing he cares about is taking out shins in soccer and making sure you don't score on his net because he will he'll he'll shin kick you <laughs> and fighting with daddy. He has to fight with daddy. So what we ha- what we do is I explain to him, you don't do this to other people, you can do this only with dad, and we'll watch a five minute round and he waits for the horn. He's ten, nine, eight, and he does the <laughs> countdown and then he steps off the couch and he starts rolling his shoulders. And as soon as he hears the horn, what does he want to do? He, I've got to get up off the couch. And we have to do – you know when you roll, you do the that kind of thing yeah. before you roll sort of thing? So he's got his hand out. We do that, and we start going. And he starts pounding me, and we're just going, going, going. I'll, I'll rough him up a little bit and you know, explain to him, you got to get out of this position, blah, blah, blah. Commercial's over. We get back to watching the fight. And he jumps on the couch with me, and he sits down. He starts seeing Yara Rodriguez throwing these crazy oh, no. spinning kicks. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Spinning <laughs> kicks. And the cartwheel stuff and the capoeira stuff. And he's like, we're doing that next commercial. I said, no, we're not. Daddy can't do that. He's like, I can. And he starts jumping off the ottoman, jumping off this. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We've got to relax. We've got to relax. Okay, he relaxes there. Then we're watching the Dennis bermudez Honey Jason fight. And I think it was in the first round when, um, when Bermudez puts up uh, Jason against the cage and he drops that elbow. And the elbow slices Jason open. So here goes me in, in bad parenting mode going, oh, my God, my son can't watch this. This guy's bleeding. My son jumps off the couch, and he's like, Daddy, they got to stop it. He's bleeding. He needs his mom. <laughs> it's just going on. He's got to stop. He's got to stop. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They're not going to stop it. He's going to be fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And he stood there mesmerized, and I'm looking at my son going, am I traumatizing him? Am I traumatizing him? 
I swear to you, bad parenting 101, Sean, after that first round was over, we got back on the ground. We did a little thing. What's the first thing he throws? Oh, God. A spinning, threw, a spinning wheel kick. He threw an elbow at my head. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, we don't do that. We don't do that. So watching this fight here, I thought to myself, oh, my God, not, not good. But totally calmed down today. We were swimming and stuff like that. But like you were saying, bad news for Honey Jason from the beginning of this fight. Great performance by Dennis Bermudez. But there was a part of me in that third round watching Honey Jason almost pulling off that comeback, thinking this would be sweet, A, for the victory, B, for your career. But he didn't do enough there. And a great job by Dennis Bermudez. His timing was absolutely fantastic, winning that fight and, and continuing to remain relevant at 145 pounds. Crazy to think that a guy who is nine and one in fights in which people have made weight is ranked number eight in the division, which says all kinds of things about uh, that featherweight division. So yeah, I mean that we've got a couple questions coming in. By the way, people asking why I have Betsy on there. Betsy Ross, she made the first American flag. Guys, learn some history. Come on, how could I not? That was my play on words this week. Come on. I'm embarrassed of you people. What? I'm going to have to run a history lesson. It's the Olympics, people. Learn. I'm here to educate. I'm here to educate. Um, I don't think I own anything with a Canadian flag on it, but I may have to buy something for the next show to show you up. I think I have something with a Canadian flag on it, honestly. I have one that says Canadian spirit on it. That's even that's even more embarrassment for me. My goodness. All right. Plus, I'm a big fan of the Trailer Park Boys. I mean, come on. Are you familiar with that show? Oh, yeah. Love Ricky. Love Bubbles. Yeah, there we go. Some of my friends dressed up as them for, for Halloween. Uh, somebody mentioned to me, what about Conor McGregor sparring the mountain? Uh, yeah. Bad, bad example for people who think 400-pound pro wrestlers would go in there and mop the floor with Conor McGregor because the mountain of Game of Thrones fame was exhausted in about uh, 45 seconds sparring, sparring with Conor McGregor. Just light goofing around. And uh, yeah, it didn't last much longer than that. So people that are – and here's another thing. We, I see a lot of people that are like, well, these 300-pound guys would mop the floor with them. Joe, how many 300-pound UFC fighters have you seen make it – and I'm talking like more than maybe a 66 win percentage in the UFC. It doesn't happen a lot, Joe. It just doesn't happen. It's it's not reality. It's not, you know, it's 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 not bigger is better. It, it doesn't work that way. This is a this is a real sport with real athletes that you know train and and figure out that you know it's no different. If if anyone out there has ever done any sort of, I'll just say jujitsu for now. You can even think boxing or Muay Thai or wrestling in general. Anytime we saw a big guy come into the gym, it was like, all right, who wants to spar with him first? You're going to take a beating the first minute, and then after that. You get a cakewalk. It's going to be a cakewalk. The guy's going to be sucking so much wind. He's going to be so tired. I could throw in a one arm choke and choke the guy out. That's just the way it is. You know, it's just, you know, even guys that were all juiced up, the first minute, two minutes are going to suck. You know, let them ragdoll you as much as you want. Just don't hurt your neck, they always say, because, you know, when you're getting ragdolled, you're just like, dude, relax, relax. We're just rolling here, whatever. But as soon as you got tired, I don't care what submission i put you in i'm cranking it to teach you a lesson you know it's it's, it's one of those things where sorry did i just say that out loud that wasn't smart was it <laughs> either way yeah there's there's just too many examples and i gave plenty of them on the, the vince russo podcast of 
smaller fighters, like I said, from the days of Hoist Gracie to present day when, when some of this stuff happens. Now, granted, there are some situations – everybody has the puncher's chance. I will never, especially after this year, say that people don't have the puncher's chance. Lady Tapa, she was a pro wrestler. She almost beat Gabby Garcia like in Gabby Garcia's fight. So, I mean, it could – you know, it could happen, but if if we're talking like a 9 out of 10 thing, I'm taking Conor McGregor over almost everybody in the WWE. Uh, Talos Latest, not an exciting victory, but a victory nonetheless over Chris Camozzi. He needed that. Um, but one of the real standout fights on this card, Joe, Cub Swanson and Kawajiri. These two guys, a threw down. Well, I, I, I honestly thought – did I say Cub was going to finish this fight? Because I, I don't recall if I did or not. I thought he was going to do it. Yes. I just thought Tatsuya basically had too much mileage on him. But he's, he's, you know, he's one of my heroes, man. I tell you, go back to those shooto days, VHS. And, and when DVDs first came out, basically, we were getting them from Japan when I had friends and fighters going over there. And coming back home and bring you gotta see this guy. This guy's this guy's this Japanese guy got this awesome wrestling and blah. And we're watching him. We're like, oh my god, he used to mount people and have what the Greg Jackson mount we call it now. And when Greg Jackson teaches his fighters to to mount, it's the it's the big square shoulders and come down like a piston. And that's what you know Kawajiri used to do and still does when he gets mount. But man, whew, that guy's just just still fantastic. But Cub Swanson, 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28. Another guy, eight and two. In his last 10, Cub Swanson, and it's again says crazy things about that featherweight division. It's really, really stacked. It's it's just so stacked. Hold um, on, rewind, rewind. Dennis Bermudez's post fight interview, Sean. Yeah, he called out Frankie Edgar. He said the wrong date of the pay per view, which, if you're doing that type <laughs> of thing, you're not supposed to get wrong, but that's the right way to do it. You just say the one thing, you don't, you don't think you're, you're, your religious figures and your your aunts and your cousins and all that. He said what he needed to said, say, and he got out of there. That's that's what people will remember from that post-fight interview. You think he gets Edgar? I, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. I also like the fact that he tried the mic drop, but Anik held the mic because he held it, <laughs> oh, and he gosh. went like this, and, and you saw Anik's hand just basically still hold the mic. So. Good on John Anik for keeping that mic there. But, yeah, I like what Dennis Bermudez did. He called off Frankie Edgar. Whether he gets it or not, who knows? I like the fight. I'd like to see it. But, you know, that's how it's got to be done. It's taking too long for many of these professional athletes to, to understand that. Like, yeah, it's martial arts and you got to be humble. I get it. I totally get it. But you could still be humble and call people out and make more money in that small window of a career that you have. You are one shin kick away, one ACL injury away from it all ending. Maximize the revenue you can with your brand, and that's how you do it. Quick, Frankie Edgar, November whatever he said, uh, Madison Square Garden, attempted mic drop, walk away. I think he said November 32nd because he did not get that (laughs) date right at all. Um there wasn't a whole lot other newsworthy on this show. The next show we have is UFC 202. Uh, so, so you know, we'll have stuff to talk about. We had first off, I want to ask, what do you think of the scoring in the Dominique Steele Court McGee fight? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that was a close one. I mean, that was that was one of those fights that even if you did score it 30-27, either way, it's it was just too close. It was never a dominant 30-27. So, 
Um, you could have – I don't know. It's, it's you know, there, part of me says Court McGee won that fight, but then you can make the argument for Dominic Steele. Um, you know, honestly, Sean, that's a fight that I do have to watch again, but this time with a pen and paper uh, and maybe not so tired, if you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. I thought it was it, it was close. I mean, you, even the I mean, you look at the the Marina Moraz fight and Danielle Taylor. I mean, what? You know, I think uh, you know even that you're kind of like, what's what just happened here? That that, that fight could have went either way as well. So really close fights, and again, it, it could bring up that conversation about judging and 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 scoring criteria and stuff like that. Do you introduce half points in rounds, or do you give ten eight rounds, or you know, because it's really close uh, in a situation like that. But the one thing that stands out to me that. Um, I was hoping you would mention it was Marcin Tibra with a walk-off yeah. head kick. Oh, yeah. Bang. Lands the left and just says, see ya. I got to go. Collect my check, son. I love heavyweight fights. Well, I love them half the time when they, when they don't go more than about six minutes. Speaking of going a little too long, we are in a world where they're trying to speed up like baseball games. They're trying to speed up all these sports. Meanwhile, we have, oh, let's see, one, two, six. 12 fights. There is no reason for an MMA card to go six and a half to seven hours, Joe. That is too much. What makes them think? And not only that, the quality of talent is way down because of that. I've I've talked about this before um, in terms of there used to be a time when the UFC was called the Super Bowl or the NFL or the, the Super Bowl of mixed martial arts. It was the best of the best competing in the octagon. Then there came a time when that Fox deal came around when they had to when they agreed to put on so many more fights where the UFC, you know, became the A level, the B level, and somewhat the C level of mixed martial artists, forcing the grassroots to become the the C, the D, a couple of Bs in there. Uh, before, you know, maybe a couple A's that can move up. But the UFC has taken that A level and B level uh, and basically owned it because you look at some of the people that are competing on some of these cards, they'd be great at the grassroots level. They shouldn't be in the UFC because there used to be a time when the UFC, like I said, was the best of the best. You could name every fighter on the roster. There wasn't 400 of them. There wasn't 300 of them. There was only, a, like, what, maybe 80, you know, if that. So, um, I don't know if the, the new ownership is going to go back to that. I don't know what the deal with, with, with the whole Fox thing is, if it's going to continue like this. But it is a challenge. I mean, you, you look at some of the people, or some of the fighters on these cards, and even I've got to go. And this is our job. This is what we do. And I got to go there, and it's like, have I seen this guy or girl fight before? And I got to go back and search it. I'm like, I don't know if I've seen this. And, oh, by the way, you've got to watch Bellator, World Series of Fighting, Risen, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you're just kind of like, it's just too much here. Like what's, what's happening yeah. is too much, but this is the sport. It's a day to day in the sport. And literally, and again, being extremely biased with this current opinion, I was sitting there watching these fights last night and, or, well, this morning I was fine, but watching these fights last night and I was saying to myself, mixed martial arts fights should only be five minutes, one round, five minutes, all out war. Then I, then I forgot about my jujitsu roots and it's like, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you got to get someone to get tired to lock in your submission. All right. I said, okay, maybe 10 minutes. Maybe two rounds of five minutes, and if need be, an overtime round if they're tied. But 15 minutes sometimes, and you get a five, then you get a 25-minute fight after five hours of watching this. It's just too much, man. I would like to see them limit it to nine or ten fights per show. I really would. Uh, needless to say, I need to take my on it alpha brain to get through some of these shows, guys. And you can too if you go click on our link on our podcast page. Open up our podcast page, click that on it link. 
and you will be, you'll be able to unlock Audit Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech, New Mood. They're awesome kettlebells. Like you've seen kettlebells everywhere. You haven't seen kettlebells like what Onnit has. They're fantastic. They're stylish kettlebells even. The Rock uses them. He's in okay shape, I guess. Click that link, my friends. Got a couple of questions from people. Yeah, we'll be talking more about the Conor McGregor media call, which we were on. Uh, we'll be talking about more about that Wednesday. Uh, somebody says, <laughs> people are still on the, how does CM Punk get a, a UFC shot uh, without any fights? Hey, I'll say this. He isn't the first pro wrestler to make his pro debut in MMA, one or in UFC. Matt Riddle made his UFC debut, and it was his first uh, MMA fight, and now he's a pro wrestler. He did the reverse CM Punk, Joe. That's true, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's not unheard of. Matt Mitrione did it, too. He went through the Ultimate Fighter, but it has happened before. So, eh. But I do think it's weird, and we just talked about the quality. you got a guy like Gerald Harris, who is a quality fighter, always has been. Uh, he has openly like begged the UFC Put me in on short notice against anybody, and he gets passed up. He can't get the time of day, and he is more than, I think, a solid fighter, a guy who probably shouldn't have been cut when he was cut to begin with. But you get guys like that who have paid their dues and have beaten guys, and that's a guy who got them ESPN exposure at a time where they weren't getting that much of it with that slam of David Branch. He can't get a fight. I'm sure that's frustrating to see a guy in his weight division start off like that. It, it, what is, did it you is puzzling. Think, what did you think when it happened? Well, I think I mean the whole the whole Gerald Harris thing is a bit puzzling. Um, and again, it can it, there there could be stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about. What I do know when it comes to uh, to the UFC, um, don't piss off Joe, Joe Silva and don't piss off Sean Shelby if you're a yeah. fighter or you're a manager. Uh, me, I don't care. It's just I, I don't go around pissing people off. I also don't talk to people that I think are are you know not people that I can get along with. Uh, but I do know I've, I've seen Joe Silva go off on rants before. Uh, Sean Shelby, not so much, but I know Joe Silva is not someone that you ever want to piss up. I don't know that Gerald Harris did that, but whenever I see these types of situations, when a fighter for some reason can't get back in the UFC, you either pissed off Dana White or you pissed off Joe Silva or your management did. And now you're in purgatory. You're not going anywhere. You're staying where you are and you're not coming back. That's generally from, from my experience, what happens but other than that um yeah it's it's uh it is weird for harris i mean uh, i think he could be he should be in there i mean there's a lot of guys out there uh in mixed martial arts that should be in the ufc but for whatever reason aren't in the ufc contractual one but you know who knows what what's really happening behind the scenes yeah before we finish up guys i want to remind you sign up at fightful.com a lot of these podcasts when they go live they will be exclusive to fightful.com we may release them a few days later on YouTube, but if you want the exclusive stuff as it happens, Fightful.com is the place to be. Go there, get registered. If you have some trouble, we'll have that fixed early on in the week. You'll have access to our exclusive forums, to our uh, our financial analysis, to our Wikipedia true or false. I'm going to also have some more uh, shows, segments that I'm pitching to our site owner, maybe get some fun stuff going on there. I've pitched a actually a pro wrestling for MMA segment, breaking down some moves that do and don't work as it pertains to MMA that are used in pro wrestling, which I think could be quite fun. We're going to put together something like that for you all soon. See if you like it. Um, 
Joe, anything this week that maybe we didn't talk about that you want to touch on? I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad this week's coming to an end. I'm looking forward to uh, an eight-hour sleep. I doubt it'll happen. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's been a great week. Thank you, Conor McGregor. Uh, thank you, Titan FC. Thank you, UFC. <laughs> thank you, Yair Rodriguez. Uh, thank you, Dennis Bermudez, for teaching my son that, you know, when human beings bleed, that the fight can continue. Uh, and for me getting nailed in the head with an elbow today. I appreciate that very much. And uh, other than that, yeah, so far so good. Can't wait to, to get the ball rolling for next week. You got to tell him elbows are illegal for amateurs. You can't use those. The, the, those are set up because what, what is it? He doesn't know if he's an amateur or pro yet. He just, just listen, how long can I fight daddy for? That That's the priority. This guy will, I mean, I just sit there, honestly, and I'll put myself in a turtle position and whether my hands are up like this, I see this little small, tiny little fist hit me in the nose, and I'll just cover up this way, and then he goes after my ears, and you know that he's literally Sean and and viewers put my head down and soccer kick me in the head. This is a five and a half year old little boy, and now imagine how I feel Tuesday nights when I bring him to the soccer field and I have a little conversation with him. Just go after the ball. That's all you're allowed <laughs> to kick. Yeah, guys. We're going to be bringing you coverage of uh, Olympic boxing, Olympic wrestling. Pretty crazy that two people diving into a swimming pool is an Olympic event, and wrestling almost wasn't. I learned that this week. Um, Fightful.com, get access to our forums, all of our awesome segments, things of that nature. Uh, I want to thank Carlos Toro, who did awesome coverage of UFC Fight Night this weekend. i got to be honest, this is my first real night away from the website since we launched, and I was terrified. What's going to happen when I'm not around? Carlos Toro did an awesome job, so much that we're going to have him cover uh, UFC 202 in a couple of weeks as well. So uh, thumbs up to him for that. Uh, Joe and I want to thank you for joining us. As always, remember, register at Fightful.com. Well worth it. Also, it's free. We're giving it to them, Joe, for the price of on the house. Fightful.com, baby. Fantastic stuff. It's addictive, man. I'm... So blown away by how awesome the site looks, man. I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of it. Uh, and it is addicting. And I'm like trying to read some stuff and I'm put my phone down. Like I'm driving. Stop. Put the phone down. And you come to a stop sign. Maybe you can read it. But other than that, when I get home or at work, I'm reading it. Great stuff. Joe, thank you as always. People, thank you as always. I'm back tomorrow night after Monday Night Raw with Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes. Until next time, we are out.